We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Base Fantasy Football Podcast. Gate, jeez, you know, autopilot already. Hey, it's Jeff Erickson from the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Winbet, our exclusive gaming sponsor all fall season here. Uh, today's an exciting day. We're not just doing one guest, we've got three guests. Of course, it's the Triple Play Fantasy guys joining me here. Got uh, Dave, Eric, and Kevin joining me. Gentlemen, thank you so much. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing really well. Now, Jeff, I have to say, I've never felt closer to you in the sense of that I actually made that same mistake about two years ago, <laughs> introducing a nice. pod. So I, I actually now don't feel bad about myself. So uh, I'm very pumped to be here. I know the boys are as well. And thank you for having us. Of course. Uh, I actually made the mistake uh, a couple of times as if I were uh, introducing the XM show, too. So that, that's always good times had by all as well. But uh, um what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Anything special? Let's start with Kevin. What are you guys, what are you doing this week? Oh yeah. I mean, we got to see my brother. Uh, we were driving out to Reno and uh, just hanging out with family uh, and, and just cooking and, and doing that stuff. So a lot of my family, we haven't seen each other for a couple of years because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. So this is the first real big get together we've had. So I'm excited just to kind of hang out, watch some football. Hopefully my Cowboys don't hurt me uh, and, and just have some fun. How about you, Eric? Well, unfortunately, I have to see David, you know, us being brothers and all that. But uh, we actually host a Thanksgiving football game. So, you know, we don't just talk sports. We actually play them occasionally. And same thing, going to see family for the first time in a couple of years. So pretty excited about that. That is awesome. That is awesome. We used to do like a uh, a morning uh, Thanksgiving morning soccer game, like I coach soccer in AYSO and a bunch of families get together. Uh, and you know we'll just play a pickup game parents and kids both and all that it's really kind of kind of fun to do that but uh it, it, you know kind of broke off with those guys as they as we got to high school with my older daughter but it's all good uh it's it's fun and all that but how are we gonna get through this detroit chicago game it's gonna be pretty brutal <laughs> i mean do you have any strategies for getting through this game uh that's the game that is going to be on when you're first eating and you're focusing on your food and you're not necessarily as much focused on the game. And then the games later on are when you're so stuffed and you get to just lay back and actually enjoy it. That That's how I, at least I'm going to do it. Maybe if you have some yeah. David Montgomery shares, you can enjoy that or DeAndre Swift. But yeah, I mean, not much great stuff there. You see, Dave's uh, East Coast bias is jumping in there. I'm going to have to watch that game at 930 since I'm on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. So I'll, right. I'm going to have to watch some of that game. Uh, and I'm just hoping Monty uh, can, can do something for my fantasy teams. That's how I'm going to have to roll with that one. I feel like they always put. To... Go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like they always put the Lions at 1230 because it's like the Thanksgiving tradition that they play, but nobody wants to see them play. So it's like, OK, we'll just get them out the way. It'll be like the buildup for the better games we have scheduled. Yeah, unfortunately, the better games aren't necessarily yeah. better. Those teams, all three, all six teams lost last week. Uh, combined negative seventy-two points. Pat Doherty with that tweet or, uh, earlier there. Uh, so that that it's going to be a little on the rough side, but that's okay. I always pause the game. 
go like help in the kitchen for an hour, make myself look like I'm, I'm really concerned about putting my time in. And that buys me enough time for the rest of the day that I can fast forward. It's like my personal game pass, fast forward through commercials, replay <laughs> reviews, and, you know, sidebars, you know, that they do human interest stories and screw all that. You know, I can fast forward and then I'm all caught up by that. By the end of the Detroit game, I'm usually, it's ready for the Dallas game to start. That's usually the strategy. Miss that, the painfully awkward halftime show, get rid of that. None of that. So yeah. it's all good. Yeah, but. no, I, I definitely, I think that's the right way to go. I think, Eric, we need to pick up on some of those things and start doing that as well, because it is pretty bad, to say the least. So let's uh, let's jump into news about that game. It looks like it's going to be uh, Andy Dalton starting on that one there. Not quite sure if it's going to be uh, Jared Tur- uh, Turn Your Head and Cough or if it's going to be uh, Tim Boyle, which is even worse. Uh, is what I, I guess we, we rely on the running backs. Is there anything else that we can look forward to in this game? It's Matt Nagy's last game, apparently. Like, yeah. do we do we believe that? Like, part of me thinks if it is that he kind of just throws the game. Like, this could be the only game the Lions win this year. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, I'm a little bit interested in Darnell Mooney. I mean, just for the fact that he's coming off of a 16 target game, over yeah. 120 yards and a touchdown, 46 percent target share in that game. Right now, I don't, I haven't seen that Allen Robinson's playing, but. I mean, especially if he doesn't play, he's the only guy in that offense that you expect to to get the ball a consistent amount and or through the air at least. So if I have Darnell Mooney, I'm not afraid to play him as a, a flex play for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, I, the, the thing about Mooney, I love to see his numbers, and I looked at the targets compared to receptions, and I was like, oh, that's 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 not great. Uh, I like to see a little bit more efficient. Uh, but you know, also in this game, Hawkinson. Hawkinson put up a goose egg. He's not looked great. Uh, you know, what's going to happen there? I know the I know the quarterbacks is up in there, but people were reaching for Hawkinson early on with his ADP. I think he was going fourth, fifth round. They talked about having to go grab him. And he's kind of disappointed some owners out there, especially. Uh, so can he kind of maybe bounce back? But, you know, I have to talk about my guy Swift. I've been on Swift all, all offseason. I love him. So I think realistically uh, he's a top three dynasty guy right now. But also I think he can have a very good game on Thanksgiving and people can kind of see his talent. For sure. Um, I, 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 You know, he was a guy that was getting discounted because of that groin injury. Uh, yeah. And, you know, remember the quote from Matt Campbell was like, I'm not sure he's going to be ready for week one at all, let alone, you know, and plus there's all the talk about Jamal Williams might being the starter and all that, the freak out how he's been listed as questionable every single week of the year, I think. Um, those all led to a, a pretty nice little discount. Yes. Dynasty, I'm in one Dynasty League where I get an offer for him every single week. In the <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, I'm still not panicking about the injury, guys. Sorry. No, still holding on to him. Yeah, find someone that loves DeAndre Swift as much as Kevin. You yeah, won't. They, they you will not there. find anybody as much as, as me. I, I'm a, I was big on him. And I did also, to your point, I loved all the excuses they were making. Jamal Williams is a real running back one. Also, the one that I always laugh about is when they said, oh, well, there's been no really fantasy relevant running backs for Detroit the last 10 years. Well, listen, sir, they're not DeAndre Swift. Like, that was the funniest <laughs> argument that I've ever saw on Twitter. And it, you, you got to be careful with Twitter sometimes. Well, and it's different coaching staffs, uh, different personnel. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because they didn't run the ball well last year doesn't mean that they aren't going to run the ball. And yeah, yes. well, it worked worked out well for for you if you you swooped in and got the profit. The Dallas game there there's a lot of question marks going on. Namely, will C.D. Lamb be able to play? Will Tyron Smith be able to play? We know Amari Cooper will not play. Dak looked terrible, looked under siege all game against the Chiefs. Uh, what do we expect out of this Dallas offense? Let's start with you, Eric. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, Kevin is the Cowboys fan and expert, and I guess the person that suffered the pain all these years, but I look and we kind of flip-flopped our narrative. So we look at three weeks ago, they lose a 30 to 16 game, which wasn't as close as the score indicates. Then they blow the Falcons out 43 to three. And then they put up nine points at Kansas city. As you mentioned, the offensive line is banged up. Ezekiel Elliott is banged up as well. He had a lower ankle injury. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think this is a must-win game for Dallas in the sense that the Raiders have lost three in a row, allowing 23, 41, and 32. So even without a full team, I think this is a a game where Dak needs to show that he's the franchise quarterback, that he can do it on the ground with his legs, that he can make use of the Cedric Wilsons, of the Michael Gallups, of the Dalton Schultzes, that even without his primary targets, that he can win you this game at home. 
I think the one that you didn't even mention there too that I think is going to be the biggest difference is Tyron Smith is supposed to be back this game. And he's one of the best left tackles in the league. So that can change the run game. It can change the game just for Dak having more time to get these passes off. I think Tyron Smith playing just that itself. You know, obviously not having CeeDee Lamb and Cooper is huge, but I think that that being there is going to benefit everybody. And also you look at the Raiders going on against the, right now the running game, Joe Mixon just blew them up for 120 plus yards and two touchdowns last week. I think the Cowboys go to the old Cowboys style this game, use a lot of running back. I, I actually have Tony Pollard as a RB2 this week because I think the combination of a short week, Zeke being banged up, I think Zeke will play and he'll be efficient. But I think Pollard is going to get a lot more work than people realize. He could also go maybe run some more routes with the shortage of receivers that they have. So I love Tony Pollard and Dalton Schultz, I think those are two of my favorite plays in this game. And David, to your point, the Raiders are allowing 132.1 rushing yards per game. So whether it's Zeke or Pollard or a combination, you know that the Raiders are going to give up a lot of yards on the ground. And Mixon lost a lot of yards because of the quality of the playing surface last week, too. He could have gone for a lot more. There's yeah. a couple times we made these really nice cuts and slipped. Um, that that The grass that they ship in, ship out, I mean, it wasn't taking root very well. They play the college games on turf, and then they play the pro game on grass. It, it's it's a really weird stadium as far as that setup goes. Kevin, you're the Cowboys fan. I was remiss in not throwing to you on this one here. W- what else uh, should we be looking for in this game? You know, I think Michael Gallup, uh, he had an okay game uh, last game. But if CD doesn't play, obviously he's going to be there. If CD does play, I still like Michael Gallup as, as a strong wide receiver two option in this offense. They're going to figure it out. That offensive line had the biggest issue. People that maybe didn't see that game, the offensive line – they struggled. Dak struggled as well. We know that. And, and to David's point also, if CD doesn't play, I'm firing up Tony Pollard everywhere because they're going to use him everywhere. They're going to put him in the slot. He's going to get receptions. So to me, Pollard's a strong play. Even if, if CD plays, he's even a stronger play if CD doesn't play, especially if you're playing kind of shower leagues where you don't have as many spots as you're playing. I still would fire up Pollard. Uh, because they're going to use him all over the field. And I think I think Dak's going to bounce back a little bit. And like they said, Las Vegas is, you know, they're averaging, they're giving up four and a half yards per carry. That's going to be a, a fun fun time for that that Dallas offense. I think Kellen Moore is going to figure it out. Hey, And he gets cute too cute sometimes, his play calling. And I think they're just going to run it, and they're going to pound it there, play action, and look for Gallup to explode if he has. If they, if they can get the running game going and that play action kind of offense and that scheme going, Gallup's going to have a couple big plays. Yeah, I really like that play. Uh, I I like the under in this game. I mean, I think it opened up at like 47. Maybe it's down Mm -hmm. a little bit from there, but I actually kind of think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Uh, Both from the, and it's up to 51 now, which I. I, They're raising it. Yeah. um, I I, I prefer the under on this one because I'm I'm a little concerned about Smith and I'm concerned about, you know, the, the. the two wide receivers probably missing. I don't think Lamb plays, guys. I, I'm a con- I'm not the concussion theorist that my co-host Chris Liss is, but uh, at the same time, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty much on board. It usually takes like five days to get through this protocol, mm-hmm. so I, I don't see that happening. Um, and meanwhile, the Raiders they kind of lost their mojo offensively, and I, there's for obvious reasons here. Uh, we don't need to sugarcoat it. The, they haven't been the same since ru- the the rugs uh, yeah. accident and uh, everything that came stemmed from that. Uh, they, they, Waller was reestablished and I think he'll be pretty busy, but, uh, a car is not the same quarterback as he was earlier. Uh, I just think this is an offense that's just kind of sputtering right now. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is kind of middle of the pack against tight ends, averaging 12.9 per game to the opposing tight ends. And it's kind of like you have Hunter Renfro, you know, he's going to give you that safe PPR floor, double digit PPR points, but. Uh, outside of him, I mean, they're, they're so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, it's just like, it's like, who do you want to roll the dice on? Do you want to roll the dice on, you know, a, a Brian Edwards game where, you know, he has a good game and then disappears for three straight games. Are you banking on a Deshaun Jackson 70 yard touchdown? Cause that seems like those days are even more limited than they used to be. Yep. And, you know, it's just, there's just not much there. And to me, even the running backs in this game, uh, Josh Jacobs, this gives you, I guess, a little bit of a floor, but um, there's nothing about him. They gave him six targets last game, which was kind of interesting. So if you think that they're going to start throwing him the ball more, maybe that increases his appeal. But yeah, nobody in this offense excites me. Honestly. No, no, they did a lot of dink and dunk. They tried to hit, you know, a couple of games ago, they hit Jackson on that play, and then he had the weird fumble right after that. There it was just, 
he, can, he only has a couple of routes that he does these days. And so it's not really anything you can count on on that as well. Uh, before we uh, hit up the uh, the Thursday night game and talk about the rest of the slate, quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more are at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in seven states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. I'm here with the guys from uh, Triple Play Fantasy, uh, and excited to uh, join them. I did uh, on, I did their podcast twice, once uh, on a normal baseball one, and once for their hundredth episode, uh, and it was a lot of fun every time. Uh, highly recommend checking that out. What time do you guys record every week, guys? Well, we do. We have two different football shows. We do. We do one at six thirty on Tuesdays, and one at eight o'clock on Tuesdays, and then we do our baseball show now on Wednesday nights around eight o'clock. Awesome. Awesome. And you, you stream live too, don't you? Yep. Every time, unless Eric's not looking pretty that day and then we keep it hidden. <laughs> All right. But that Very never good. happens. <laughs> nah. Nice. Very nice. Uh, let's talk about this Saints Bills game. Both teams really disappointing last week. The Bills got stomped by Jonathan Taylor. The Saints, they, they, they had some garbage time production to make it look cosmetically better, but they got destroyed as well. I, I want to know uh, when do the Saints switch over to Taysom Hill. I know he's got the foot issue this week, and that might be still a problem. Uh, does he get another start before they give him yet another contract extension? Which happens? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The one thing I will say about Taysom Hill is I don't know if people saw this before this season. He was really competing for that job, and so he lost like 20 pounds over the offseason because he wanted to be more of a quarterback rather than just that running back kind of area. And I think that hurt him a little bit with like his development, what we've seen. So I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen it as much, because I think that he just struggled with his offseason regiment, just trying to win it. And Jameis won it. I don't know what's going on in that offense. That offense is, is ugly. Uh, it's it's not it, – it just doesn't look good, obviously, with Kamar being out there. And it, even like Tracon Smith, he he did okay last week. Like you said, he kind of – you know, they shined it up uh, and it looked a little bit better. But he's he's going against Taron Johnson, who's one of the most underrated slot corners in the NFL, who's only allowing 50% completion rate right now. I, I would probably sit Tracon Smith, too, in this offense. I just don't trust this offense very much with, with what they're doing. And, and that quarterback play is just is, – is abysmal. Yeah, I agree. I'm a Northwestern guy. I want to believe in Trevor Simeon, but uh, yeah. I, even in college, he was just okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's hard to buy in. Mark Ingram did not practice so far. Now, granted, they don't have real practices this week. Every time you get the Thursday game, you read these practice reports like, okay, they had a walkthrough. Mike McCarthy called it a run-through. Okay, Mike. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just it's hard, really hard to get a whole, whole good gauge of what they're actually be capable of doing this week. But I wouldn't expect Kamara to play with the short week. I, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I'm assuming both of those guys, you know, both those guys do not play. Yeah, I actually go ahead, David. I, I want to talk about one of my loves, if you don't mind, Eric. Tony Jones Jr. before the season was my third favorite handcuff behind AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard this year. I think if he actually gets on the field and they give him ample opportunity, he can really produce. I'm very excited. I'm not I'm not excited for the guys that are hurt. Like, please get better. I don't want mm -hmm. you guys to be out. But if as long as they're out. Tony Jones Jr. really intrigues me. He's somebody that I'm picking up everywhere I possibly can this week, especially because, like you said, Ingram missed practice on Tuesday. So, and, yep. I, and pretty much everywhere I've seen expects Kamara to be out. So I'll definitely be watching today to see if Ingram returns. And if he doesn't, you got to fire up Tony Jones Jr. I, I know Buffalo seems like they're a pretty vaunted defense. They just gave it five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor last week. Now, they have not been as great against running backs as, again, as you think. I think most of the time they're playing kind of lesser-known running backs, but if you get a good running back with a decent offensive line, then they are not the team that you expect. I think the Saints' offensive line is pretty decent. I don't have their offensive line rating in front of me, but 
I do think that Tony Jones Jr. is somebody, especially if you play DFS, he's somebody you got to add in your lineup. He's somebody I think that gets in the end zone in this game, and I'm very excited for him. I was going to say, it's interesting. Trevor Simeon's actually the QB3 for the past three weeks. I know. So weeks, weeks 9, 10, and 11. <laughs> but I feel like you don't have confidence in starting anyone in a season-long lineup for the Saints. Mark Ingram has 10 receptions the last couple of games, but he's banged up. And I think Buffalo comes back, you know, especially after that loss. Uh, they're going to play a little bit better. Adam Troutman is not going to be out the next four to six weeks with an MCL sprain. Yeah. Marquez Callaway is probably going to get shadowed. Uh, so – I just – I don't see anyone and, – and I like the Tony Jones Jr. as a DFS play, but, I mean, do you guys feel confident starting anyone on the Saints this week? Not not unless we know, like, Ingram plays, maybe then Ingram, but uh, – if, or if Ingram and Kamara out, I consider Jones too. I actually have him in a dynasty league and uh, did pick him up in a 16-teamer this week. He's still available in 16-team league, so he's out there. Virtually every week. And let's look, let's face it, guys, the waiver wire this week. Oh, not a pretty sight. Unless you want to dabble on the Houston running back situation or the Tennessee running back situation, go out and get Dontrell Hilliard, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's tough. It's it's really ugly. So why not? This is a good week to take a flyer. You'll pay the very minimum price to get him, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's getting pretty bare out there. There's nobody. I was looking at the waiver wire today. There's... There was nobody on. I mean, people were talking about Ty Johnson, Dontra Hiller, like you said. Uh, just pretty much one of those. It's like, hey, I'm probably not dropping anybody on my team. Most likely, if I'm competing for any of these guys, they they seem like either a couple week fill-ins or pretty useless. I think it is very interesting. I will note really quickly. I was looking at the Titans running backs as far as people were talking about Hilliard being the guy. Now, this is the Titans running back splits over the last few weeks. Week nine. Adrian Peterson, 45.5%. Jeremy McNichols, 31.8%. Deontay Foreman, 22.7%. The next week, Foreman took the lead, 47.8%. Peterson, 34.8%. Jeremy McNichols, 17.4%. Then, this past week, in week 11, we had Dontrell Hillard at 63% of the snaps, and then Foreman and Peterson each getting 18.5% of the snaps. Obviously, McNichols was inactive. This is literally a crapshoot every single week. You can't pick up any of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And now they face the Pats, you know, in Foxborough. Like, okay, don't think. Yeah. I'll pass on that. No. Um, I want to talk about Buffalo real quick. You know, Josh Allen's really struggled lately. Uh, you know, really bad game against Miami when they won. They, he got a lot of production late in that one and made it look better. Uh, I love how they went for two and with less than a minute left just to, so they could get, you know, get their mojo back even more. As, as someone that had him against the spread, I, I like that. But uh, <laughs> they did not deserve that. And then, of course, the last two weeks have been pretty ugly. Uh, uh, has Josh Allen been solved? Kevin, what do you think about this? Well, I don't think he's been solved. I think that offense has not looked great because of the running back room. Uh, you can't rely on Moss for Singletary at all, and it's just awful back there. And I do think that Allen's had to take a little bit more risk. I think also I, he hasn't really, you know, the, he's he has some rushing upside. I don't want to call him a Konami guy, but he had some rushing upside that we've seen in the past, and he just hasn't really had that. And we, what you see from the last couple of weeks, they haven't used him in that way. It's when he does well, it's when he's there. Like so, like week nine, he had five carries for fifty yards on the t- and almost a touchdown the next week or the week prior he had eight carries 55 yards on a touchdown so when he has that dual threat that we've seen he he definitely does better in that offense because let's face it those running backs are just not it and so I think that they got to bounce back against New Orleans this week this is a huge game for them especially being second in the division now the Patriots Belichick's back right so they've got to come out ready to go I think they write the ship this week I will say a positive has been him and Stefan Diggs have figured it out so Diggs owners out there probably feeling a little happier because he's kind of bounced back Uh, But I think they can bounce back. But you want to see them maybe get a little bit more rushing attempts in terms of just how they use them in their red zone. But they got to get in the red zone first, and that's been a problem. Yeah, uh, and I also wonder, like, the lack of running back production, how much that hurts them, especially as the the trend in the NFL is, like, everyone's playing the two deep uh, and, you know, making you take what they give you. Well, if if you can't take on the running running game side of things, that makes you kind of hemmed in a little bit there, too. But then again, I, 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 I've watched every snap of that Buffalo-Jacksonville game, so pe- other people would not have to. It was so <laughs> painful to watch. But there were a lot of penalties. There was no flow in that game whatsoever. Yeah. There's some drops. Um, it, it was pretty ugly. But uh, I, I suspect that the, 
you're right. They'll probably get it back together again. Um, but the Saints are, you know, for all the, the Saints woes, one of the things that they do is they still defend the pass pretty well. I mean, that, that's one thing that I think that it, it'll be a little bit of a challenge. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I think they really miss Dawson Knox. Like, I, I really think that offense actually missed that kind of that that kind of that safe play. Hey, that's where Allen was kind of going there. I think Beasley has struggled this year in terms of getting open, creative separation. Gabe Davis took a step back. Emmanuel took a step back. So I agree with you. That defense does look good. They kind of missed that safe guy for them. He doesn't have that right now. So you'll see him push the ball out of the field. And it would be helpful if Allen actually dumped it off to his running backs that are always open, but he never does. They always look to push the ball downfield. That's kind of their M.O., um, but they don't use their running backs in any shape or form, even in the rece- passing game. So for me, I think that they've got to kind of write that ship and figure it out from a schematic viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why Brita has been getting some more snaps recently. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard a rumor today that they said there's a chance Zach Moss could be inactive because if they don't fit, think he fits in the game plan, they're not using him on special teams. So there was a possibility that they make him inactive for this game. And again, that kind of appeals for Brita in deeper leagues for as a kind of throw in the throw a dart flex play but i think to your point kevin that's that's why breed has been getting on the field more is to have that threat in the receiving game that's not just devin singletary that that would be like week one all over again uh, <laughs> yay uh the shocking uh you know inactive there with moss so we'll see about that but uh before we move on to the rest of the slate quick note from our friends at yahoo the NFL season is heating up, and Yahoo is going big on daily fantasy football this season. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate Yahoo going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly $1 million DFS NFL Baller Contest. The weekly $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place, receiving $100,000, and tons of overlay in prizes. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. All right, let's let's hit up the rest of this slate. Uh, and, and I want to start off, shockingly enough, with the Jets. Uh, news about them that they have a COVID problem in the quarterback room. Uh, we saw Mike White test positive and Joe Flacco being unvaccinated has to be, uh, as a close contact has to be away from the team. So they're now they're down to Zach Wilson and Josh Johnson. And it looks like uh, Wilson will be cleared to start. Can he replicate some of the production from Flacco and White recently? Or is he, are we going to go back to the same Jets offense that was so morbid before he got hurt? Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I'm not expecting much out of this offense. I think one of the reasons that Mike White and Joe Flacco did very well is that they could dump it off to the running backs. Michael Carter was having a really good target share. I think, David, you can correct me on the stat if I was wrong. Mike White, when he was starting, like delivered 42% of his passes to running backs. It was, it was like 37, 39, and 41 across the three games. Yeah, so now you have Michael Carter out who showed real explosiveness. I think it was kind of a ding mentally also when they started Flacco last week saying, hey, he, we know he's better against the Blitz. Um, if there was any matchup for him to get right, it's against the Texans. But the Texans just beat the Titans, so maybe they're feeling a little bit better. Um, I don't think there's anyone that you can start with confidence. But just because of the lack of better options, I, I guess that's why they have to put Zach Wilson back in here. But. I, I'm hoping he, I'm hoping he gets right because he's the number two pick, and you don't want to you know deem him a bust this early. But it's certainly not looking favorable. I did the uh, Chris Harris podcast, the the waiver wire podcast with him yesterday, and we had to go top five on pickups, and it was it was so gross. And this is before we got the news on Ingram, so I well, didn't even mention Tony Jones there. Probably should have, but Ty Johnson versus Tevin Coleman, death is not an option. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Ty Johnson. He looked like yeah. the, the more nimble of the two backs, more used in the receiving game at this point. I think he's the better play. Yeah, that's that's what we concluded, too. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to pick up Tevin Coleman. I just don't. There might be a league where I'm so desperate that I might consider it. The, see the aforementioned 16-teamer where my team is just tragic at running back. I think I saw, started Salvin Ahmed a couple of times in that league, but uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's painful. But, uh, yeah. 
And the other side of that game, Rex Burkhead is getting all this uh, carry share and, you know, snap share. And I'm wondering what year it is, first of all. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's him versus David Johnson. It's pretty tough. Yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards David Johnson because he's more used in the passing game. And the Jets give up an over 30 percent target share to running backs. So the fact that Rex Burkhead definitely gets a lot more of the carry. So I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be game script dependent if the Texans are winning. They'll probably give a lot more carries to Rex Burkhead and just pound it with him. If they're down in this game, then they'll probably throw more passes to David Johnson, get him more involved. If my money's on either of the two, it's going to be David Johnson, who does also get some carries too. Uh, but we've seen the Jets, they give up an absolutely crazy amount of points to fantasy running backs. For those that don't know, they give up nearly 40 points per game to fantasy running backs. That's pretty much like two running backs worth every single game that they play against the Jets. And uh, in the last five games alone, they've given up 15 touchdowns to running backs. So very uh, makes some very intriguing, the Texans guys this week. It does. I, I just still remember that Colts game on the Thursday night game. Uh, they, they, I think uh, Taylor just scored again. Hines just scored again in that one there. <laughs> it, was, it was wild. I, you know, they, they, Dominic Rhodes came out of retirement and scored. It was, it was pretty, pretty crazy there. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, some, some tough decisions. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor. He could, if yes. you're a Patrick Mahomes guy, could he be a streamer this week? Yeah, no, I had him as one of my streamers last week. I said, hey, if you want to take a shot on somebody and say, if you can get a tie rod, and he's going to probably score some, he scored two rushing touchdowns last week. You could see that upside, right? And you can kind of have him jump in here against the Jets defense that, that has been struggling. Uh, and, I, and I think the Texans haven't played awful this year. They've, they're okay. They're, they're not a bad football team by any means. Uh, and if Wilson, if Wilson kind of throws some interceptions, what we saw, we could see the Texans definitely having more opportunities to score, especially in the red zone, a short field. And that's where Tyrod kind of kind of lives. And he lived that like, like that last week. That's why they won. Uh, so I think Tyrod could be definitely a streaming option, especially with what's out there. It's, it's, it's nasty out there. Uh, and, you know, it, it can be tough. So I, I would stream that way. Yeah. Speaking of nasty, let's talk Cleveland. Um, <laughs> they, I, I just had to save that there. As a Bengals fan, you got to take those shots when you can, even though they stomped us. But uh, anyways, um, Baker Mayfield, he should sit. They, they should absolutely be sitting him. You know, you can't be doing this whole uh, Michael Jordan in the flu game thing. You're not him. You're not that. Um, if you're really that banged up and he was limping back to the huddle every single play and making bad throws, you're not helping the team by playing through injuries. I mean, Stefanski's got to make that call, not him. I guess this, I'm trying to find a question in here, but anyways, uh, you know, but just, I know they might be getting uh, you know, Kareem Hunt back this week. What, what do we expect out of this game from Cleveland? Wait, uh, Jeff, can I ask you a question? What yeah. would you, so if you're the Browns, Baker Mayfield's going to be a free agent. You obviously make him some sort of offer. What kind of contract are you giving him? Because I feel like you obviously don't pay him the upper tier, but he's right. been more proven and, and more successful than most Cleveland quarterbacks, and you reward him to some extent. What what sort of contract years and guaranteed money would you offer him? Uh, it would be woefully short because I think it's the big <laughs> – the biggest mistake you can make is fully committing, offering some sort of max deal to a guy that doesn't deserve it. Because when you do that, uh, it ties up the cap so much. You know, you, that, that we always talk about how that rookie quarterback contract is so huge. Uh, you get those four, four years. You have a chance to build off that. That's your window. After that, you know, you commit like that to a guy who is not an elite player. I, I think it's just a cost. Like, I let him walk. I, I don't I don't sign. I don't reward him for mediocrity. And I, I just don't see him becoming an elite level quarterback. I could be wrong about that, but embrace the unknown. Don't, don't, don't have the fear of the unknown. I know they went, you know, Cleveland has this sordid history of walking through the wilderness with quarterbacks and all that. But I, I think it'd be just a massive mistake if they offer him that big deal. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. If I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm like, let him go. Uh, let's use our money elsewhere. I mean, honestly, how much of it a downgrade to go to from him to Case Keenum right now, right? Like, right. I feel like it's pretty similar results. Yeah, I mean, hey, shout out to Case Keenum for still collecting those checks, though. I, mm -hmm. I hey, that guy is he's out here making money there. No, I, as far as that goes, yeah, this game just to kind of talk about it. I think Kareem Hunt's the guy you want to try to grab. He was running back nine through six weeks in PPR formats. He was averaging seventeen point four fantasy points per game. He's a very solid running back two option. When we talk about league winners, he could be, especially if they're going to lean on that rushing attack with Jevin Hunt. 
Uh, and and if Keenum definitely starts or if he comes in, you're going to see a lot a lot more passes to Hunt where he hasn't had that those targets yet that you would really like to see with Baker. So I think Hunt's a, the guy I'm trying to add in a lot of my leagues. I will also add, I'm looking at since 2019 when these two teams have played each other, 65 points, 46 points, 44 points, 89 points. So the last four times these guys have met, the minimum scored in these games has been 44 points combined. So yeah, it's a lot of potential. I mean, these teams obviously have not, they've been reeling on the defensive end on both sides of the ball. Offensively, Lamar Jackson back. He does really well against Cleveland. If you have Chubb and Hunt back in this game, then you know Cleveland's going to run the ball all over Baltimore. Very intriguing as far as, I don't know what the what the line is right now, but I might be 45 and a half. I'm, Interesting. I might, I might take the over based off what I just saw. Well, that was the Lamar running to the locker room game last time mm-hmm. these two teams met up. Uh, no, the one of the weird things about this is they play this week, then the Browns are on by next week, and then they play each other again. You know, the Browns play the Ravens two games in a row, which I don't think I've ever seen that happen. Uh, but it, it should be uh, pretty wild there. I, I you know, and honestly, with I don't know 100 percent if we're going to have Lamar. Uh, he's been sick a lot. And remember, he's had two COVID instances. They said this isn't related, but they also said they don't really know what it's what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little concerned, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, we live in, or Eric and I live in the Baltimore area, and that's what everybody talks about around here. Is just like, you know, it's not COVID. What's going on with his immune system? What is, you know, it's it's hard to to predict. Most people are like, oh, he'll miss last week. He'll be fine for this week. But yeah, they haven't said anything about him necessarily going this week. And you saw that Ravens offense last week without him. And I'm not a Ravens fan, but is there anybody more valuable to their team right now than Lamar Jackson is to Baltimore, as we just saw last week, them basically having to have one big play against the Bears to score a touchdown late to beat a Bears team that looked absolutely dreadful. Uh, They have Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams at running back. And it's just, if this team doesn't have Lamar, they were going to get stomped by Cleveland this week. You know, except Cleveland stomps themselves. I mean, they couldn't That's stomp true. Detroit. They couldn't stomp Tim Boyle uh, at home. <laughs> I, That's true. Tim That's Boyle true. was worse than Baker, but barely. I mean, it, it was it was really pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. It's I you know, it, I it, it, so much as a variable in this game, but I agree. Go get hunt. I like him. I mean, they have no receivers worth talking about right now. Donovan Peoples Jones is banged up. He didn't play last week. Jarvis Landry. He looks like a shadow of himself trying to play through that knee injury every week. And he's going to have to do that the rest of the year too. Yeah. There's a note out there this week saying, you know, yeah, he's going to have to go through this routine basically every single week and God forbid they fall off the pace, you know, then they, they might just shut it down with him as you know, they should. Uh, it, it's interesting, this Browns team, where there's so much excitement going into the season, and now you look at it there and, and all the things that have happened to that offense, uh, yeah. it's, it's just a shell of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's and a I, chemistry thing, too. There's something going on in that locker room with the OBJ stuff, the other stuff going on. And I love yeah. Stefanski. He's a great coach. Uh, he's one of the best coaches there, but there's something going on that we can't see. And as a coach, you know how it goes. There, there's things that you you – there's a lot of things that happen on teams – especially that people don't see from the outside that you're trying to fix, but sometimes it's not fixable and it just, yeah. it's going to take some time getting rid of some people. That's just how it has. That's just how it goes. And I think too, when you look at the standings in the AFC North, this is kind of a sense of urgency game. All the teams are above 500. The Ravens are in first seven and three. The Browns are in last at six and five. So one and a half game separates the top team and the bottom team. And especially when you have a rivalry. And as we had mentioned, the Browns are playing back to back weeks. Like, this is where you said people have to gut through the injuries. The Jarvis Landry has to play through his knee issue. Maybe Lamar doesn't play at 100%, but you know, figure that these are kind of your most important win games, especially division ones. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, the, and, the, and Bengals and Steelers play this week too. Mike Tomlin even goes, I'm not going to dance around this. This is a huge week for us. You know, and he, you know, yeah. Steelers, Bengals, I mean, the Steelers own my Bengals, uh, except for Monday night last year, but, uh, and, and this, this year as well, I guess, but, uh, traditionally they go into Cincy and they take care of business. And so, you know, Tomlin knows how to get them going. 
I may hate the Steelers, but I respect the hell out of them. Uh, and it's one of those where they he's always got them ready to play, it seems like. And so, yeah, that's right. It's a huge rivalry week in the d- division, and all four teams can play. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, very fun to see that. Let's look at that game real quick because the Steelers were missing Watt, Hayden, and uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. And I think Watt's going to uh, practice this week. Getting him back would be massive. It's like taking that one critical Jenga piece out of the puzzle there. Uh, I think, you know, it really made a big difference on Sunday night last week. But, you know, I, we'll see what happens in this game. But I, I think that the Steelers defense, you know, getting those guys back is just massive. Yeah, I mean, you can see with, you know, T.J. Watt with Minka Fitzpatrick, they have playmakers on that defense that create havoc and, and create turnovers. And when they're not in the lineup, you're missing a lot of key parts there. I will be interested to see, obviously, with Joe Burrow going against Pittsburgh. Right now, Pittsburgh is middle of the pack against opposing quarterbacks. He's kind of been in the middle as far as just his success against them in his career. Nothing like flashy, but nothing bad. This Bengals offense has been kind of interesting to me. And so, Jeff, you're being the Bengals guy. You have this high-flying air attack. You have Jamar Chase setting records. T. Higgins is being, I think, the most frustrating receiver in fantasy as far as the targets that he's getting. The amount of I think he leads the team in target share, at least he was as of a week or two ago. And he was running, I think, the most routes on the team. Yet he was still not translating to any fantasy production. I don't think he scored a touchdown outside of week one or two this season. So, like, what what is going? And then you have Joe Mixon, obviously, now taking off and and carrying them a little bit more. I'm if I have all these Bengals guys, I'm kind of like who who should I feel confident in outside? Like Jamar Chase and 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 uh, Joe Mixon, you're playing every week regardless, but. You know, should you feel confident streaming Burrow or should you feel confident playing T Higgins? Like what, what should we do with those guys? I think last week it was uh, an issue of taking what the the Raiders were giving them. um, And the fact that Mixon was tearing them up for the most part, although they, they do their play calling. I still quibble with sometimes too many first and second down runs. I think, you know, the play action, that's a good time to run play action. They didn't do it. They didn't go, they didn't take too many, very many deep shots against the Raiders. I feel like they didn't have to. Um, And that's okay. Um, but uh, you know, cause they did kind of pull away in that game and you know, that, that was a successful game plan. I don't think that works against the Steelers. I think that they're going to have to try to take more deep shots. Uh, Higgins is frustrated, has struggled. Uh, you know, the Cleveland game, he had two or three pretty big drops, including one on a fourth down play. It was a high point play, got his hands on the ball and the, the defender did kind of jostle it from him, but elite receivers, they come down with that ball they make that play and he didn't. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I like guys that can get open and demand targets and usually they fix the drop issues. It just takes a while. Sometimes, you know, we looked at chase in the preseason, like, Oh, like the ball's different and all that. And everyone's giving him crap about that. He's, he's fine. He had a bad game against Cleveland too, by the way. But, uh, aside from that, it it was fine. Eric, you wanted to say something. I was going to say, do you think Burrow's a hundred percent healthy? He had multiple touchdowns in all of his first eight games, 20 and eight games. Now he has one in his last two, two interceptions. Um, and just watching the game, he takes some big hits. He gets up, he limps. He is coming off that torn ACL from last year. I mean, obviously he's playing through it, but do you expect his fantasy value to be lower rest of season because he might be dealing with this injury? You know, that's a good question, and it's possible. Uh, I mean, there is a game a play in the Raiders game where he did kind of hobble off a little bit and came right back in. He was fine, but you can tell he isn't 100%. Um and that's to be expected off a guy coming off of multiple knee injuries in one play. Uh, so, and, and getting taking the amount of hits that he takes, I think that's the other thing we got to talk about here. Um, is that you know the, that offensive line still isn't great. It's better than it was last year. Hard, yeah. hard not to be, uh, but it, it is better. Uh, that, you know, going and getting a, a real right tackle helps. Uh, not having Billy Price in there helps. Uh, not having Michael Jordan, the facsimile version, in there helps. But it's still it's it's still a tough line. It's not that great. I would say too, like to just a real quick to bring up David's point about like, hey, who do we trust? Higgins and all this stuff. The Bengals rank almost they're twenty eighth in the league right now for plays per game because they're when you see their game script and what they're trying to do, uh, they play pretty slow. So they're yes, not they giving they're not doing those opportunities that you like to see for Higgins and Chase. They have to maximize on the targets they're getting. Higgins isn't doing that. 
but they play slow. And so when they play slow, like they're around Jacksonville, Chicago, Houston, that's the teams that they're around for how slow they play in Seattle. That's not a good area to be around if you're looking for fantasy output. Now they're winning games, but I do think if they picked up the tempo a little bit, it'd be better, but I don't know if they can because that offensive line, like you just talked about, like there's some reasons why they happen to play the way they have to play, but that's something that you take into account when you're looking at those wide receivers like Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. Yeah, uh, you know, the Bengals and the Packers are two of the slowest uh, teams out there in mm-hmm. terms of like, you know, running that game at play clock down to zero almost all the time. Rodgers, he seems to have this way to like ha- have time stand still at zero on the play clock and, you know, like, <laughs> rest not calling it on him a lot. I don't know. seems like it works a lot, but uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely something that they do and something we need to take account for there. So it's a good point. Uh, before we move on, a quick uh, one last quick note from our friends at Thrive. Thrive is back for another fantasy season of fantasy football, and they're running huge guaranteed contests each week this NFL season. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free RotoWire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, Deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. And three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription. Just that easy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Big thanks to Thrive. Big thanks to the Blue Wire Network uh, for uh, hosting our podcast all season long. Uh Let's talk about you guys a little bit here. Let's talk about the Triple Play Fantasy Podcast there. Had your 100th episode earlier this summer with baseball. Now you're doing baseball and football, and you're going to probably hit the second 100 really quick. How did this all get started? Uh, Dave, we'll start with you on this. So it was during the pandemic. I kind of was just like, you know, I saw that there was a podcasting app called Anchor. 
And I was like, I've always wanted to do a podcast. Why don't we just do it for fun? See if our friends listen and just kind of make fun of us, kind of just that kind of thing. And yeah. we started doing it like that. We talked in our phones and recorded on the Anchor app and did all that type of stuff. And then uh, it wasn't until we started bringing on baseball where we started, we brought on Art for Baseball, who I know, yep. Jeff, you're familiar with. And that he kind of said, let's, let's take this seriously. He's like, I think we have some good advice and we can really expand uh, our baseball and football stuff. And we started taking it seriously. That was in March of 2020. And then sure enough, basketball came after that. And as we kept growing, we needed more brilliant minds on the team. So Kevin joined right after that. He became a co-owner of Triple Play Fantasy. And we started really shifting towards, uh, you know, the visual presentations, not just on the stream yard, but really trying to push our YouTube channel and putting out a lot of content on YouTube which is an avenue that still has been kind of untapped and is still, uh, I think, allowing us to grow even more so because there's so many podcasts out there that that visual content is kind of what we feel like consumers are starting to trend more towards. So uh, it's just been a blast. We've got 23 of us now on the Triple Play team, and it's just been a pleasure doing it with friends and, and guys like Kevin who started out as friends and now are like family to me. And it's just been a, it's been an awesome experience. It's it's working a second job on top of our day jobs, but we all really truly believe in the brand and and building it to hopefully one day could be our livelihood someday. Yeah, uh, and uh, it is it's amazing how quickly it's grown. Twenty three contributors, that's awesome. And yeah, you're right. YouTube is, is what we're trying to do a lot more with YouTube now, and we're trying to do some shorter things here and there. We found that our kind of sweet spot. We like this will go to YouTube, uh, but. The, the, the real big, the stuff that does really well are the short ones, like the five minute mm-hmm. free agent pickup ones uh, are even, mm-hmm. even doing something even shorter for TikTok, even believe it or not. Uh, you know, I have teenage daughters, so they're giving me advice on how to do well on TikTok uh, and how not to, how not to get comments saying, get this old guy off my screen or, you know, off my story or whatever. But yeah, so learning things like that, but uh, it's all good. Uh, so Eric and uh, Dave, you guys are, you guys are both in Baltimore, right? Yes. Yep. Cool, yes, but you're not Ravens fans. What happened there? You know, it's well, so we grew up in outside the DC area, and okay. uh, so you know, Washington was a very tough team to root for growing up. And David and I got into fantasy before, and for me being a 49ers fan, uh, Frank Gore helped me win a title. I love the red, white, and gold. They had Vernon Davis, and and you know, we're Maryland fans, and. You know, they're 5-11, and 11, Mike Nolan's the head coach, and David and I kind of just look at each other and let's pick a bad team, and then when they're good, people won't say we're a bandwagon. Yeah, I, we didn't like Dan Schneider, so we were like, let's pick our own teams, and uh, I chose the Chiefs when they had, this was the, uh, toward a, right before they traded Matt Castle, they had, you know, Trent Green, and uh, yeah. the transition to, to Matt Castle, of course, the Larry Johnson, Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is what really made me fall in love. Like right when they were transitioning from Larry Johnson to Jamal Charles, I just like fell in love with him as a running. He's my favorite like player of all time for football. And uh, that, that was, I, they were four and 12 that year. So I was like, okay, picking them while they're bad. So if they become good someday. Yeah, that, that's, that's nice. I like that. Well, I'm a Bengals fan, grew up in Indianapolis uh, and before the Colts were there. That's how old I am. Uh, but, uh, you know, they moved there when I was like 12 and I was like, I'm already a Bengals fan and they're fun. I mean, I, I can do the icky shuffle, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, you know, but in fact, my fancy teams are still named the icky shuffle. Usually if I have to name a team, I'm terrible about naming teams. Hate, I get nervous about it. I hate it. I can't stand creative things like that, but, uh, so it goes, uh, Kevin, we got good news for you. You're a ba- uh, Cowboys fan. David Hellman is just reporting now that CD lamb is going to practice today. He's still got a more All protocol right. to clear. But he's hit every step to this point. They think he can still play, so it's possible we'll still see him. No, that's that's that, that'll be good. I you know I, I've been disappointed many times on Thanksgiving, you know, with my Cowboys. I'll never forget when RG three destroyed my Cowboys team. It was like when his first start that year, and he played against Cowboys. I think he scored four touchdowns. And I remember looking at my brother, who's a Dallas fan, so I was like, "Man, we're gonna have to deal with this guy for the next ten years in our division. This is gonna be rough." Yeah. Um, it, you know what? That's true. Uh, you, now, the thing is, you always get to have the home game on Thanksgiving. You and Detroit yeah. both. And that, that's it. It's actually a huge schedule advantage that you're always home for Thanksgiving there. And now, granted, it's not an advantage to have to play two games so quickly, but usually everyone gets their turn at the wheel playing like a road game on Thanksgiving yeah. for Dallas and Detroit. 
Hey, well, hey, America's team, you know, you know how it goes. They they gotta give they gotta give it up for, for Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I don't know why all everybody hates Dallas Cowboys. I know it's our fans. I, I Did you call yourself the America's America's yeah, team? Yeah, there you go. Well, we are. I mean, come on. Like we, we are, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. I, I've, I've never seen that. a team that gets so hyped when they're just gonna finish five hundred to Would you stop it? Stop it. I don't need this I don't need this blasphemous talk of my cowboys today. It is Thanksgiving <laughs> week. We should be thankful. <laughs> they are the man united of uh you know, of uh, the NFL or the New York Yankees, you know, good teams, canonical franchises that haven't won in a while. What about the people that are Dallas Cowboys, New York Yankees, Los Angeles Lakers fans? What do we call those people? Don't forget Duke fans or Duke fans. Is this, too. Is that, is, are we, are we, is this a, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, that is not me. I am a Duke <laughs> no, fan not. and a Cowboy fan. That's it. But they like to throw me in that little category. Don't, I'm not with those people. Those people do okay. not represent okay. who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're a California boy, but you're a Cowboys fan. All right. He's a well, Kings fan. He's a Kings fan, believe it or not. That, well, that that's comes, good. Yes. That, that's, I'm a Giants fan and a Kings fan. Like, I, I have California ties. So I live out here, and I'm I'm an anti-Lakers fan. Cannot stand yeah. the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm actually a Pacers fan, which is painful. Uh, you know, Ooh. the year I moved out here a year before that Pacers-Lakers final. Uh, and then so the Malice and the Palace happened the year after that. We were supposed to be so good, and yeah, we're, we're – we're never there again. That, so, documentary, anyway. that documentary must have kind of been like just reliving it too. The one, the <sighs> mouth and the palace documentary where you're yeah. like, we were this close and we could have had it, you know, with that not going down the way it did. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Oh, uh, they were that close. They made some smart moves. Uh, the Jermaine O'Neal trait was brilliant. I hated it at the time. I'm like, how can you get rid of the Davises? I mean, like, and it turns out, oh yeah, because her Jermaine O'Neal is going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> and you know, that team, that team was so good. And then, that happened and yeah and ben wallace did still did was almost as culpable it's only you know he didn't go into the stands but he's the one that started that whole mess uh mm-hmm. and yeah i'm still bitter about that but anyway um <laughs> yeah, I, I will I let the loyalty go i love the loyalty you have like the Bengals, the pacers like you're not switching teams you're a lot of bad true. teams yeah <laughs> so Bengals, pacers reds and detroit red wings because my mom's from detroit and got me hooked on hockey but uh so did she has Gordie Howe's autograph and all that. We're going to old school hockey here. But uh, <laughs> Julia asked favorite Pacers coach player of all time, Billy Knight. I was you know, when I was a kid, this guy was a scoring machine. He was a poor man's George Gervin. Uh, and he was he met us at a basketball camp one time and it was super nice. Uh, they, they were really good in the community as Billy Knight, Herb Williams, Clark Kellogg. Those three were I, I grew up watching them and they were very accessible in the community. It was really cool. So I love those guys. But didn't know. What was the uh, the old Celtics coach? Didn't he? Be, and he became the pa- Jim O'Brien. Jim was O'Brien. Did he? Become, yeah. Wasn't he a Pacers coach for a little bit? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we forget those years, though. I mean, <laughs> I prefer the Larry Bird years. Uh, but the, anyways, uh, it, it's okay. Uh, actually, they they've had they had some good runs. Uh, you know, Reggie Miller's you know late career. Uh, they had a good run. They had a good run with Paul George, and they just never could get over the top. I'm right. actually kind of surprised at how how underperforming they are this year. Rick Carlisle is a very good coach. Malcolm Brogdon, I think is one of the most underrated players. He's a great two way, uh, def- or great two way player. Sabonis and miles Turner, Karis Levert, Chris Duarte. Like they have a lot of talent. It's surprising that they're under 500. They don't defend. They just don't defend at all, uh, which is good for DFS, but not so good for uh, <laughs> building a team there. But uh, anyways, there. Uh, and Kevin, you said you're a teacher in addition to uh, you used to, you've done a lot of coaching. What do you teach? I teach history. So I'm an AP US, AP European history guy. So okay. uh, out here in California. Nice. Nice. Uh, enjoy doing that. You know, I do. I, I, I love teaching. It's just it's been hard. The pandemic definitely changed the aspects of the profession. So yeah, uh, it's been an adjustment, to be honest, uh, just because of just how messed up everything is. But I, I do enjoy changing kids lives and being in the classroom, which I think that all teachers do. It's the other stuff like any other job that you have to deal with that you hate. But once you get in there and the impact you can make in a classroom, there's really nothing better. Uh, and I truly do enjoy that part of it. Like just the notes that you get are like the thank you letters. Like mm-hmm. I had a, I had a thank you letter from like some kid eight years ago. Um, and he invited me to his graduation and he said, Hey, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would be alive. And it's like, those oh, wow. are the things that like, those are the impactful moments. And then you get the other TikTok challenge stuff going on right now. And it's just like, come on, guys, like, let's let's do better than this. But I, I wouldn't change it for the world just because of how much I impact the kids. 
Awesome. Love hearing stuff like that. Um, let, why don't you guys uh, let everyone know what they can find, both at the YouTube channel, the podcast, anything else. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, you can follow me at dmendio 2 Of course, we have a ton of great writing at TripleFlayFantasy.com, YouTube channel, Triple Play Fantasy on YouTube. Tons of great stuff that came out. Kevin just did a video yesterday, I believe, on some Dynasty by Lowe's, if I'm not mistaken. And I just did a video on some by Lowe's for the rest of this redraft season, strength of schedules. Uh, guys, guys in the fantasy playoffs, weeks 15 through 17 that you should target. Uh, and yeah, just... Follow the account on Twitter at Triple Fantasy. It's pretty much all I got. I, these guys want to add anything as well. I'm the one uh, running the account, so David, thank you for telling people to follow me. Yeah, there you um, go. but yeah, you know we got you covered for all sports, regardless of whether it's in season, off season. Right now, we're doing division previews for baseball. Jeff would love to have you back on for a future episode of that, or for basketball. Absolutely. Um, and you know we're we're just trying to prove promote as much content as possible you know whether it's fantasy related whether it's dynasty whether you know it's, it's valuing a player uh you know we kind of just want to be the one-stop place where you can get everything for the three major american sports and um you know jeff really appreciate you having us on it's, it's a huge, huge honor yes thank you yeah absolutely hey that's going to wrap up today's uh podcast go check out the uh triple play fantasy please check out their podcast their videos all sorts of good stuff and follow them all on twitter uh, you can follow uh, 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 Kevin at Dubois underscore 22. Follow David at O2 and Eric at Trip Play Fantasy. Make sure to do all that. Uh, check out their great content. And uh, I had a lot of fun on their podcast. They're more fun than I am. Uh, <laughs> and so they, uh, they, you guys, give them, give them a watch. Give them a listen. Uh, we really appreciate it there. Coming up, uh, we've got, uh, of course, we got Mario and John. We've got the, the DFS podcast on Friday. Check all that out. Thanks for watching and listening. Have a great day. Good luck in Thanksgiving week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.